0: it's looking pretty clearly like we're in the end times
1: to What the Hell is a Pastor, a podcast about life in set-apart ministry. Each week we sit down to talk about our experiences and challenges as pastors doing small-town ministry during uncertain times. Join us as we try to figure out what the hell it is that pastors do and how to do it as best we can. Hey listeners, if you have listened to our last full episode, you know that there was some question of whether that would be the last episode of the podcast. We thought that uh, time worked differently than it did and didn't realize that we'd be able to announce a couple weeks after we recorded. So that's not the last episode of the podcast, clearly. We're going to keep doing this. Uh, The format might, we might tweak the format a little bit as things change, but as of right now, we are still both pastors. Still doing the pastor thing, and we'll, we'll go from there. So, Ethan, how was your week this week?
0: Week The week is, is pretty interesting so far. Uh, some major, uh, not really major, but some different announcements and things happened. I uh, received word of who the next pastor will be to replace me, and I met him via uh, Facebook Messenger. And we I gave I gave him and his wife a parsonage tour and a tour of the church. And we're going to talk more about that probably in the bulk of the episode. But I did that. I um, received. So in Pennsylvania, where I'm at, my county is in the yellow zone,
1: the yellow zone.
0: Yes. The yellow zone is uh, the group of counties that starting on Friday of this week. Uh, our governor is going to allow us to have some different businesses open up. Oh, we're in the yellow zone. And, um, uh, and so I got an email from my Bishop with uh, uh, reopening guidelines and some different things like that. And, and so I got this email and the Bishop's like, um, after much prayerful consideration and, and, Yada, yada, yada. I've decided to completely abdicate my authority and pass the buck to the district superintendents who will figure out how to help you open up. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm like, thank you. Thank you for your leadership. Um, and so I had this I so I got this like opening guidelines from the bishop's office uh, on on what is acceptable when we're in the yellow zone and what isn't and some different ideas on who to, like, talk to from your church to, like, begin to create a reopening plan. And then I was invited to a Zoom meeting with, like, my my district superintendent and, like, 15 pastors. And I show up at the Zoom meeting, and it becomes very apparent to me that, um, well, it becomes very apparent to me that we, none of us should reopen at all. Like it doesn't matter that we're, that some of us are in the yellow zone. We should continue just not opening and, and continue doing what we're doing on with online stuff. And much to the chagrin of everybody else in that, I, I sort of said that like, like we're, we're opening it up for folks to talk. And I was like, uh, you know there isn't a single church in in the town I'm serving that is opening up regardless of the fact that we're in the yellow zone mm.
2: that
0: that and it's true actually I just had a meeting with that's the other thing I did this week I met with all the pastors in my ministerium and and we're talking you know if they find this hi guys I love you dearly but like we're talking like older evangelical white men and all of them are like, under no circumstances are we opening our churches. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Isn't that nuts? I, trends.
1: Yeah, I'm very proud of them.
0: Yeah, me too. I said that. I was like, I'm so excited that we're all on the same page. Like, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, all of them were like, oh, like, like they like don't deny it. Like, they're like, we've been following it. It's definitely as bad as they're saying it is. Like all of our people are really high risk people. And then all of the, and I said this in this, in the zoom meeting with, with pastors in my district, I was like, all of them, including me are doing online worship and and doing it creatively. They're finding new ways to engage with people. They're, they're doing all kinds of stuff in order to keep like giving up, you know, they're, they're doing a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so there's really no reason, as far as I'm concerned, to put together some wacky soft reopening plan. Like one of the things that yellow zone churches are allowed to do is, well, yellow zone places in general, is, uh, no, uh, is that we're allowed to have gatherings of 25 people or less.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so here is one of the plans that a couple of churches and a couple of pastors in, this dist- in my district are throwing around. Uh, one of their plans, Joe, is to use a Google Doc and have their congregants RSVP for 25 slots per each service. And so we do like four or like two to four services on a Sunday, and and we and the first 25 people who RSVP go to like the eight o'clock, the next 25 people go to like the ten o'clock, and the next 25 people go to like the noon. And, and like, and I'm just kind of staring at these people as they explain all of this. And and they're like, so that's an option. My district superintendent is like nodding sagely like, yeah, that is an option. And I'm sitting there like, that is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. (laughs)
1: Like
0: there are, what was that?
1: Oh, I, I'm just making noises and frustration because what I was thinking about is we can only have 10 people at a gathering. So I was like, maybe I can sort my people into small groups and groups of 10 and we can gather at the church and I can see people that way. <laughs> so like I I am thinking of doing basically the same thing, just not all on the same day.
0: Well, so so now hang on. I, they're talking about worship, like doing right. like small group Bible study stuff, like all of that. That makes sense to me, like like yeah. open the church up for like Bible studies again or whatever. I am okay with that in the yellow zone, but like who's gonna disinfect the sanctuary after that?
1: After each, of these, yeah, yeah. You yeah.
0: know, th- those are really my problem. Like like who? How are you gonna convince people to sign up on Google Doc? What if what if more than twenty five people show up because fuck you, you know like yeah, like like other people are like there's some other guidelines too like we got to remove all the hymnals you know from from everything because that's too many things that people can touch we can't have any singing because singing uh, really transmits the virus a lot worse
1: yes yeah, um, so and then what's the point of coming together in worship
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly it's Some city they're like this is nonsense yeah. this is nonsense like, uh, uh, you know, so let's just not do it. Like, let's just, who cares if it's the yellow zone? Let's just continue doing what we're doing. And at one point I suggested in this meeting that maybe we all need to just become more creative and do our job more creatively. And everybody kind of gave me a stony face. And I was, I was kind of like, I mean, I've got, co- and I said this, I was like, I've got a colleague who does uh, pastor Nick's neighborhood videos during the week where 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 he does like children's messages as if he were mr rogers it's all pre-made stuff i'm not saying we all need to do that that's not what i'm saying i know that we can't all have access to it but what i'm what i'm certainly saying is we should not try to force our people in this bizarre way to come back to church so that we don't have to do hard work anymore right you know cuz that's really what it boils down to like everybody's so anxious to get back together and and I'm like I mean some of us are i guess but but then you also have a, a large group of people that like aren't like don't want to die you know things like that right.
1: <laughs> Yeah I so the position I'm in is there have been 6 total cases of covid in the county that I'm in Uh, and eight total county cases in the county that I'm like straddling and there have been two total deaths Uh, and that's not because people have been really great at social distancing it's because we are just so far out (laughs) from big population centers and the our internet service is not great anywhere and it's only gotten worse with more people online and I like everything that I have done to reach out without physically gathering together has been kind of lackluster. And I know that there are people who like are, are struggling more in this time because they don't have the physical presence of their church community. And so like, if there's a way that I can get people six feet apart wearing masks to come together, like it's really, really tempting because I, there, no amount of online content is going to reach all of my people. It's especially not gonna reach the people who need it most. Sure. So I'm really torn on it. But also like, I am doing a lot of stuff too. I'm doing, like I'm releasing a sermon, I'm doing a live stream midweek worship, I'm calling people, I'm sending out the newsletters like regular, like stuff's happening. So I don't know, it's tough.
0: I understand. And, and it's not that I my frustration with this meeting is not that I, I think that we're all being lazy or that we're not we're not doing hard work. That, that's not mm-hmm. what I mean. I, my frustration with all of this is um, uh, now we are in order to not for some of my colleagues, in order for to not have to do any of the online stuff, we now have to do more work with higher risk. Um, to follow guidelines that that are ultimately we're not going to be able to follow. Like, like how do you sell to a church? Of course we can gather again, as long as it's 25 people maximum in a sanctuary with no pews without any singing, in a sanctuary with no hymnals without any singing. Yeah. Like, how do you sell that as worship? You might be able to sell that as a Bible study. You might be able to sell that as an opportunity to do X number of things. And so like, you're still now just going to add an extra thing while doing online worship. Right. You know, like there's no, there's no chance we we cancel it. I had one, here's my last part of that story. There's a, an older gentleman in my district who I get, I don't really talk to too much, but I, I know him and he's a, He's a, a pastor, and he he got on a, a roll for about 10 minutes during the Zoom meeting complaining about how the moment his part of the district goes yellow, he's like, my people are just going to start showing up everywhere. There's nothing I'll be able to do to stop them. And, and my district superintendent's like, well, I mean, I, I understand that's hard. You know, not everybody is is... Taking to quarantine well and and people are anxious to get together. And he's like, Oh, I know, but it's beyond that. Like they they just don't think any of this is real, and they're just gonna come together and they don't care about any rules. And and my DS is like, Okay, well, why don't you, you know, enforce the rules? He goes, Why bother? They're not gonna listen to me. And I jumped in because I got angry and and I and I was like, Hey, aren't you their pastor? Lock the church. (laughs)
1: Right. Tell them they can't
0: come. I, and, he, and he gave me like a real dirty look. And that was that. And I, I was like, I don't care. Like, like what is wrong with you? Stop, stop trying to pass the buck of responsibility and just say, you know, hey, these rules, I also don't like any of these rules. I also don't care about any of them. I can't be bothered to enforce them or keep my people safe. And so I'm just going to have them show up anyway. You know, it doesn't matter. Please don't yell at me. You know, like, like come on. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Aren't you 60? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? So I did that. And uh, later today, I have an interview with a journalist from uh, State College, Pennsylvania, who's doing a story on COVID and church. Hmm. Yep, that can be fun. Yeah, I don't know. I he was kind of like he was kind of like, hey, you know, you should uh, you should use this opportunity. You should feel free, Pastor, to use this opportunity to to really get your message out there. You know what what people of faith really should how they should be approaching COVID. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And and in my head, I'm like, what is wait till this guy gets a load on me?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you
0: know. You should wash your hands. You should believe. You should you know believe the hype. Do not set foot in a church. Do not be a bunch of fools. Yeah. God will not protect you from this if you, on purpose, ingest COVID nineteen into your blood. Oh gosh. You dummies.
1: Oh, you've seen the meme where it's like white Jesus knocking on the door at night with a lantern,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's on the top of it is like. Hey, Karen, listen, I know you've been praying and I know you're scared, but I'm going to need you to maintain quarantine just like everybody else. Okay. And that's how I like I really want to approach it with like gentleness because people are scared and frightened and there's a lot going on. But also the reaction that says we're just going to like go balls to the wall until this thing gets all of us uh, is the wrong reaction, I think.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Um, I completely agree. But, and like, and I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be gentle with my people and I am like I had a, that's the other, the last thing I did this week so far because I'm doing some other stuff later into the week. I'm, we're going, Beth and I are going to go visit a condo in Charlottesville tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah. -hmm. I'll send you pictures. Yes. Um, and so hopefully that'll work out. Boy, that would suck if we'd show up and it just doesn't work out. Oh, we enrolled a in a preschool. Ooh. So that's good. Um, you know, some of the preschools down in Charlottesville are uh um on average four to five hundred dollars a week.
1: Okay. And uh uh four to five
0: hundred dollars a week is what what I call uh, banditry, like highway <laughs> robbery. Oh like, like I was pulled over on the road by a group of bandits, and then I was robbed of my money. Like, like that's what that is.
1: Oh, my I, God. You have no respect for preschool teachers. I'm going to throw not, things at you through the internet.
0: No. Help me. Just wait a second. Just wait one second. Okay. I have lots of respect for preschool teachers and anybody who works in any field except for weapons development. Okay. Or should I have respect for those? Hmm? Is our liberal shame? I don't know. Um, But um, I'm just saying that preschools should obviously be government subsidized across the board, so that I so that I don't have to pay, you know, six hundred dollars a week of money I don't have, so that I too can go to work. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, I yes, see. preschool teachers. Yes. You should all be millionaires, preschool teachers. You do incredibly good, important work. The problem is, is that it's such important work that if I don't pay you and give you my child, then I can't make money to pay you. Right. I, so that's okay. what I'm complaining about.
1: I apologize. You are correct. I appreciate you being kind as in that. I have lived for so long now, low these many months in Republican land, that I forgot that subsidizing preschool was even an option. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, <God. laughs> remember impeachment? Like,
0: <laughs> hey, do you remember Kofefe?
1: <laughs> I do because that
0: that's I know I think we've brought it up on this podcast. That is still the funniest thing in my entire world. <laughs> um, uh, the, that should be the name of the chapter of President Trump in the history books <laughs> because because to this day, I don't think I've seen anything funnier. Yeah. I lived through George W. Bush getting attacked with a shoe. Mm. That's pretty funny. Kofefe is the funniest thing on planet earth
1: it's just such he, a great encapsulation of of this moment
0: <laughs> yeah it's incredible it's amazing spicy has to get on national television and like pretend that the president didn't just m- misspell the word coffee like <laughs> like he he was like no he was speaking in code and i'm like okay this is the dumbest shit in the world it's amazing
1: I remember it's amazing. Sean spicer God.
0: I do. I love spicy. Oh man, I miss that guy.
1: <laughs> All the
0: prop comedy he did. Like that's pretty good <laughs> stuff. It's pretty <laughs> okay. good.
1: Anyway, back to the the horrifying yeah. present.
0: But yeah, so but but this preschool is only about two hundred and fifteen dollars a month, which is oh, way wow. more doable.
1: Oh wow!
0: For us, and it's through a Presbyterian church. Uh, the other option, one, we also applied, but we're on the waitlist for a, a UVA one, one that's sort of, you know, a part of the uh, of the school, which is just a little cheaper, and so it's kind of subsidized by the school and different things. But we're on a waitlist for that, and that's a little harder to get into. Okay. And, and then I had a moment of real um, uh, 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 self-awareness where I was like, "Whoo." I have a lot of in, in you know embedded classism, where mm-hmm. one of the other options was a, a a preschool at a Baptist church, and it's just all in Charlottesville. These are all literally the same people who live in the same town who attend all these churches. But my first thought was trash, <laughs> and, and and I'm like, oh, I have some things to work through.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Um, I hear you.
0: But uh, what, is there another thing? No, I think uh, said, by and large, that's my week.
1: You said there was, you started talking about congregants and you said, that's another thing that I'm doing.
0: Yes. Thanks for reminding me. The other thing, uh, talking about trying to be gentle with congregants or, or with people in general and try to like help them understand things or, or help them make sense of COVID. I had a conversation. I, I called one of my congregants yesterday. Um, just because I hadn't heard from her in a while, and and I hadn't heard from her since the letter went out about my leaving, mm-hmm. uh, and so I called her, and we were we chatted a little bit about my leaving and 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 how she was doing and how I was doing, and then she said, Pastor, I have a question for you. And and when she says that, it's usually um, a, a very odd question. Uh, for example, the first time this particular person. Uh, asked me said I have a question for you like years ago Uh, I was like okay shoot and she asked me who her guardian angel was
2: Hmm.
0: like not not tell me about guardian angels but like what was his name and and so I almost said Steve. Steve (laughs) is your guardian angel he's right over there You know, but but instead I was like, I I was like, what do you mean? And we had a a long conversation about angels. Um, She didn't really retain any of it. She still sort of works under the assumption that angels are like people with wings that are super powerful. And I'm like, cool, whatever. I don't care because I don't. You know, I'm like, cool, whatever. Do your thing. Um, It's angels. It's not like there's a God anyway. So we're all this is all just one of those things we're doing. Um, but she was like, I got a question for you. I was like, okay. She's like, it's looking pretty clearly like we're in the end times. Oh gosh. And I'm like, what's your question?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a statement. That's a
0: statement. And she's (laughs) like. That's
1: a dick answer to what somebody's saying.
0: (laughs) Right. And she's like, are we? And I'm like, no. (laughs) And we talked about it. And I was like, "No, we, we most certainly are not." And she's kind of like, "Oh, well, how do you know?" And I'm like, "Well," and then we talked about the Book of Revelation, and and she was like up been reading Daniel too. And you know what? I think I think that Daniel took a lot from the Book of Revelation. I was like, "Well, no, that's oh, <laughs> there, there's some differences in years there, but whatever." You know, so we talked about apocalyptic literature, and we talked about maybe what the Book of Revelation is sort of trying to go for, and how we might read it, and uh, and and like remember, there's a couple of things here. Like, on one hand, we're assuming that like we can crack some kind of code from the Book of Revelation. Uh, and if we read the world and the signs and omens in the right way, that like somehow we'll be able to divine the purpose or figure out when things are coming. But that's that's a little silly because Jesus himself says that no no one knows the time or the place or the hour. So like,
2: the is Jesus is right? wrong?
0: Yeah. he's kind of like I don't know.
1: It's... What? <laughs> I just oh goodness. So I uh, there's uh, my partner does uh, a long distance Bible study with his home church
2: on okay. Thursdays,
1: and there there are people in this group who really have like this is not a a a the church that reads the Bible a ton. So even though there's there's a lot of a preaching that grows out of a biblical ethic, there's not a lot of like let's read this story and pick it apart and do it. And so a lot of them just haven't, don't have a ton of Bible knowledge. And they read through Matthew uh, during Holy Week because they're doing the Bible in the year. And there was a point where uh, Jesus says in Matthew that, like, not all of you will die before I return or whatever. And the guy's like, I mean, did we just say that Jesus is wrong? And I was like, I just, ugh. that's one of those questions that I had as a teenager, you know? Mm-hmm. And when a middle-aged white man who refuses to listen to me when I offer good input, who then just like throws that question out there, it just drives me bonkers. And I want to be like kind and gentle and thoughtful. Cause he just hasn't thought about this before and just hasn't worked this before, but I have no patience for it. Like, that's just not my ministry. So when somebody is, is like, is, is Jesus wrong? Um like, this is the, this It depends on the situation and what you're asking this question, but I find it to be an unhelpful question a lot of the time <laughs> and like and especially with end time stuff, we have a a lady who is trying to get some community service hours done so she can get her car back and she was working at the church the other day, and she was helping me like get things sanitized for the day that we open up again because it hadn't really been wiped down uh, and I figure if we wipe it down now, it'll be fine because nobody's going to be in or out uh and uh she was walking to the library and she goes, Oh, you have all of the left behind books. Those are so good. And I was like, Oh, Oh buddy, you don't have to pretend to like these just because you're talking to a pastor is what I said in my head. And I'm like, yeah, and we have this other Christian fiction over here. If you want to look at some, some other fiction stories. I just like, it was such a big cultural moment and people are so caught up in it because it's, it's so nice to have that secret hidden knowledge to be able to read the signs and know what's going to happen. And it gives you this feeling of certainty, but goodness, is it wrong?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: They're just that, That's my reaction to that entire conversation is it? it aggravates me on multiple levels. And I don't know that I would have the capacity to be kind in this moment. <laughs> if it were me.
0: I, I understand. I understand. Um, I, we should do a mini-sode. I can't record today. We should do a mini-sode on, is Jesus wrong? Oh, God.
1: Um,
0: because that might be an interesting one just to talk about how we read the Bible and and what are some of the new uh, the approaches you and I might take in interpreting the words of Jesus and things like that. Yeah. Because uh, I tend to, in my practice, um, uh, work under the assumption that Jesus is right when he's right. <laughs>
1: sorry i know i know exactly what you mean but
0: it's a funny way to say it right uh and in this case he's totally right you know like yeah <laughs> and, and that's now now that's for the listeners who just heard this without uh, without us unpacking it tune into the minnesota we'll we'll talk more about that um but uh but but yeah and so i i that's the other thing i did i i tried to calm down a congregant who um was afraid that we were entering into the end times and and i was like well why do you th-? that's the last thing i said to her i was like why do you think that this is a sign of the end times she's like because everything's just so bad and i'm like well six million jews haven't been gassed and she's like yeah i guess i'm like a million people haven't died like in the, the spanish flu in 1918 yeah i i suppose the rwandan yeah. genocide has already happened <laughs> that hasn't happened yet again that's that's i guess fair and I'm like, so yeah, just, just keep that in mind. <laughs> just, yeah. Just keep in mind.
1: I mean, there's always going to be wars and rumors of wars and there are always going to be sicknesses and insect infest- infestations and famines. And like the world is just surprisingly not really set up for human life. <laughs> so yeah. Oh. oh, goodness. Oh, goodness.
0: That's what I did. What were you up to
1: this week? Uh, I so this past week I was very tired uh, and have have just been very tired and it's hard to know whether it is depression or whether I'm sick because I've had a cough and and things and so part of me wants to be like this is the beginning stages of coronavirus I need to go in and get tested and the rest of me is like no the trees are pollinating and you're stressed. So you're sleeping. Oh, is, oh, nope. Didn't. Okay, good. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a lot. I that was a lot. Uh, so, so I've been doing that, but I just haven't had the energy to do a lot of the normal stuff that I would be doing. So I kind of, I didn't go to the church for a week. I it was at home. Um, And I did not do much stuff, but I did go to the church yesterday uh, to help this lady get some of her community service hours. And I've started to do some long-term planning since I'm staying at the church for another year. Um, I got a call from my DS and there's another church in the area that I could maybe do as a quarter, like a true quarter time charge and then do three quarters at my main church. And then, um, that would help out with some of the money concerns with my main church. And they really, this other church really just wants like a preacher on Sunday and uh, funerals, you know, like they don't, they're a true quarter time church Uh right. for, People who aren't familiar with the the United Methodist system, I don't know how other churches do it when a pastor has multiple churches, but pastors can be pastors of more than one church at a time. And we call each church in the group of churches that a pastor serves a, a charge. And so you split up the pastor's time between these charges. And that's how we do. So that's why it's charge conference instead of church conference. And that's why all the language in the book of discipline is like that. I yep. talked to, um, my pastor from my home church from when I was a kid who is now a pastor in the same town as me. Funnily enough, he's retired, but he's serving part-time two churches in the same town. And, uh, so he had just called to kind of check in. He serves churches that are on the reservation. And so they, you, they post off the reservation. I think it's been at least a month now. Uh, and you can't get in if you don't, if you aren't a resident or a tribal member. So, uh, so he's like, I can't go to my church to do anything. Uh, but we, we had talked, um, and he talked about how he had done, he had an eight point charge in Murphy, which is the way bottom corner of North Carolina. It's in the same, like, he's in the same district as me, I think we're the furthest district over. Um, but they, uh, he, did, he had an eight-point charge. He had eight churches that he served. And that was his first full-time appointment as a as an elder. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, that is, that is bonkers. Um, I think what he did is he, like, had lay leaders that he gave sermons to to read, and he just rotated between two churches a Sunday. So he, they, they each got him once a month. I just, just, yeah. And they even had to get like a grant from equitable comp to have him there, which is when you're getting into a situation like that, it seems to me like there should be some churches closing, but also when you're up in this part of the state there, like those eight churches weren't all like in the same town. So he's driving all over the place anyway. Uh, so like having a, having a two point charge is not bad at all. It could be eight. It could be worse. Uh, And so I've talked to my church people about maybe doing that. Uh, So that was today. Um, Looked at some stuff for getting the garden together for the church, but it's like, it's going to freeze this weekend. And I keep on putting it off because I don't want to put new plants in the ground and just have them die because of frost. Despite the fact that I've done that at my house, done a lot of planting at my house. So yeah, I haven't. um, Ian and I went to, we went on an adventure in the car and tried to film my sermon at uh, like a, a place where they're doing okay social distancing, but it's at least outside. But there were geese in the background because it was by a lake. There's a little kid who came by on a scooter and made this gigantic noise, the wind made noise. Um, the first take of it I did. And I was like, this is good. This is fine. Uh, but Ian had to block the uh, camera, the phone from the sunlight because it was overheating. So he's blocking it with his body. And so you start listening to it and I'm saying things, everything's fine. And you hear like a breath and you're like, okay, he just sighed. That's okay. And then it continues and keeps on going. And it's like Darth Vader is sitting right beside the camera. <laughs> and so we did not keep that take. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was I I died laughing. I thought it was the funniest thing. Because I would be like, this morning's gospel reading is from John chapter 20, and you hear <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Anyway. So yeah, I don't know that Ian's gonna help me film anything anymore.
0: <laughs> but fair enough.
1: Um and I think the the big thing that I did this week is I started um, something that I am calling praying the pandemic because I'm great at names, uh, where I'm just gonna I want people to like give me names of people that they've lost during the pandemic, but there just really hasn't been a space for like mourning the dead of this, especially since we can't do funerals. So I last night I just uh, read off the number of dead in in each of the countries on um, on who's tracking it, John Hopkins website. And then, uh, today I did like a prayer for essential workers that I'm going to have to write out better to, for the noontime prayer. And then I'm going to go through the dead in each state tonight. Uh, and that's on Facebook. And so I'm going to do that because that, like, as much as I feel like I can't reach out to my people in my local congregation, like there's a fair amount of online ministry that I've been doing. And that's not, that's not the same as um not the same as face-to-face stuff and face-to-face stuff is preferable but if they're like if people aren't being served in any other way then come meet me on the internet and we'll get through this yeah so that's kind of been my week that's pretty good yeah
0: i can dig i can dig
1: yeah so uh, let's talk about transitions. Let's talk about what that's like. Because in another world, I would be planning right now with my successor. So, what are what are you doing? Do you have best practices? What are your thoughts?
0: So, so listeners, as you know, I'm I am leaving this church and and going into the very lucrative world of uh, scholarship in the field of religion and theology. Highly lucrative. I'll be, I'll be very rich very soon. Yep. Um, but uh, because of that, as United Methodists, that means that there's the conference is transitioning in a new uh, pastor for the church that I'm currently serving. And um, it's been interesting. I So I came to this church following a pastor who is not terribly well-liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, and many, and, and there were a lot of other things happening. Like they, they had just renovated the parsonage there. There were a number of folks who were beginning to return to the church because they, they kind of heard that, that the pastor that was there before me was, was leaving and was being replaced by, by somebody who's totally unlike that person, you know, a younger person rather than an older person. Yada yada yada, and so like my initial transition into this church in 2017 was um, very different than what I'm experiencing transitioning out of this church. Um, I, I I kind of was was sort of there was just a lot of grace kind of handed to me, which I appreciated, but but like folks really wanted to like me
2: mm-hmm.
0: and really wanted things to kind of work out really, really well. Like they knew I i was, they knew Beth and I had were, were just going to, had to have had our baby. So like they knew they were getting an infant, you know, showing up. And that's actually the only thing anybody's ever cried about when, when I announced I was leaving mm-hmm. was they were like, but now we won't be able to watch a Dre grow up. And I'm no. like, and I'm like, no, don't all. I'm like, guys, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just get over it. Tough, you wouldn't be able to watch her grow up anyway. There's no scenario. If you got to watch Adrea graduate from from this high school, you know th- that just means that I had failed. I had failed utterly. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, but anyway, and so like like the transition in was was really kind of easy. Like there were some different things that I had to do, but by and large, there was no there was there wasn't a ton of work. Uh, it was my first church. There wasn't a ton of 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 work that I had to do. This is different in that <clears throat> you know I'm I'm doing my best to um, set up the incoming pastor for success, right? And so like this is one of the things that I'm doing is not only am I you know trying to transition out by packing and saying goodbye and (coughs) pardon me and getting things ready i'm also doing my best to disseminate information to the congregation like here's the new guy this is what he's about here's his bio here's how you can reach him in a in a uh non-creepy way (laughs) you know like drop him an email don't come to his house you know stuff like that um I'm trying to talk him up. Like I'm, I'm trying to, to set him up for everybody here because there are of course people who don't like me, but he is now transitioning into a church with the with a former pastor that, that was really well liked.
1: Mm, right.
2: Um,
0: you know, not, I'm not, not toot my own horn, but, but I was like, I I'm fairly well liked. And so rather it, you know, it'll just be a little different. He he's got he's he will have some different transitional things to, to overcome than I did, right? Um, and so I'm also writing up a document, like I'm putting together this word document of of people he should talk to right away, and and maybe people he doesn't have to talk to right away, and then like maybe people he should avoid. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to you're comfortable putting question.
1: all that in writing.
0: I am, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to put it all that. I'm not like going to print it out. Um, That would be a mistake, but I'm putting all that in writing for him, you know, for his eyes Mm -hmm. Um, just to give him, you know, a kind of a sense of where some of the dynamics are and, and you know, how people are related so that he's not kind of surprised or tricked. I was tricked. Like some folks hid how they were connected from me.
2: Mm.
0: for a little while in an attempt to kind of, oh, I, play the system is not really what I mean, but, but like in an attempt to maybe get some extra stuff, um, extra attention or, or extra care from different perspectives or extra information, mm. you know, I, I was not, I was sort of on purpose kept in the dark of certain relations and then, like, you know, when I found out, I was like, oh, I see. Okay, well, yeah, let's not do that. And so that might be something that I'll I'll try to do. But, yeah, it's interesting. It, it's a really interesting time, kind of. I'm starting uh, to, to call it their church mm. rather than our church or this. You know what I'm saying? yeah you know because it's not my church it won't be my it'll it's still i guess it's still my church until june 30th but like it's you know so whenever i have conversations with leaders i'm beginning to say that like well this is your church like this church or your church should consider this you know rather than we should do this
1: yeah oh i i do that really frequently still like i have not uh,
0: that's okay that i think that just means that your boundaries are probably a little better than mine
1: well i would say that it means that my attachment is worse than yours so who knows
0: who who's to say yeah. <laughs> but yeah any you have any questions about some of this or
1: no i mean i i took a class I think it was a J-term class on pastoral transitions. So I wasn't, that, that all sounds good to me. The, uh, I think the only thing that I would kind of dig in at is how much information about people do you give to the incoming pastor? cuz i have i have people in my congregation who have various extenuating circumstances that uh some of which is public knowledge some of which is not but like i would love to be able to spare that pastor the whoever whoever is here after me some of the um surprises that i've had which are like none of them have been awful or terrible it's just that like this this is all stuff that would would have been good for me to know going in at the same time a lot of it's not my story to tell and so i don't know if i just be really direct with the people who i want to like share information with um and i'm wondering how the previous pastor handled those things with me uh it i uh Goodness, the previous pastor at my church was ready to retire, <laughs> it was ready sure. to be done. Uh, and so he prepared a binder for, for me that had a lot of good information in it. Uh, but I had like the the information that was in it i used in my first maybe 2 months and then after that like the bottom fell out and suddenly i didn't know a whole lot of stuff that i needed to know uh like stuff about charge conference reports that if you're if there's somebody who is not new then they'll kind of know how these things are but i didn't know like my church's id number i didn't know if my church was incorporated i didn't know all these kind of technical things that I, um also weren't clear on like previous charge conference reports. I went back like 10 years to figure some stuff out. And so whenever I go, I'm going to leave a binder like that too. Um, But there's, yeah, I think the the difficult thing is, is people like you can leave all sorts of kind of instructions and like, this is how this is done and all that kind of stuff. But there's you can't hand somebody like a comprehensive view of your congregation because you don't want to color anybody if, for, for what's coming in. Cause somebody that you have a problem with the next pastor might not have a problem with at all. So that's yeah. the, that's the tricky thing for me. Um, it would be great if we could like co-pastor for a month, you know, which is just not feasible at all in the United Methodist system. But if there, if there was an interim, time where you could actually like show your successor the ropes and have them shadow you like and have them do introductions that would be great but that's just not it's kind of taboo
0: yeah i i agree and and so on one hand i want to make sure you know listeners know that like i would not share confidential stuff right you know that's not something I, I would never do that. And that that's not something that I am doing or, or would even consider doing in like this kind of document. The stuff that I am sharing are um you know uh kind of impressions, right? So like I might share of uh of a family. This family, you know, is is uh really interested in children's ministry and um is prepared if if you can show them how your idea will enrich the life of kids in this church and in this community. This would be a great family to connect with, and they would really support you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like yeah. that might be what that might be what I share, or or I might share. Um, um, there's some if some of my. Christian ministries professors are listening. They might they might disagree with this, but I'm. This is what worked for me. Um, I might share of certain people. Hey, I had uh, uh, this family. Uh, only the grandmother attends church, but the, that grandmother's uh, uh, um, daughter and son-in-law are your age. And aren't really interested in going to church, but are really interested in making sure that the grandma gets to church. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I've able to have a more friendship relationship with the the daughter and son in law. Yeah. And so you might be able to uh connect with them in that way as well. Yeah. You know, stuff moment. like that. Like, like to open up to, you know, maybe a porous boundary, but to open up uh, more friendships would be good. Yeah. You know, and things like that. So, so those are things that I would say or, or you know, if somebody is a bully, mm. you know, I might I might say that like form your own conclusions, of course, you know, have your own relationship. But this person tends to try to bully her way into a thing. Keep that in mind you know stuff like that
1: yeah yeah i could see that um yeah it would also be good to like uh, have a heads up on on who in the church is a talker and who isn't because there are uh, there are people that i spent a lot of time listening to very seriously at the beginning of my appointment and then i realized that they have a really similar stories that they tell over and over again they're just excited to talk and there's a reason they're excited to talk and there's like a need that's being met there but you do have to find a way to extract yourself from that situation so then you can then talk to other people too so uh there's stuff like that But yeah I wonder I would love to talk to like an elementary school teacher who is able to like talk to the teachers that their students is go are going to next year and, and that's not something that's happening this year necessarily, but like, is there, is there something we can learn from elementary school teachers in terms of transitioning? <laughs> because that like the level of care that I feel, the level of knowledge I need to give um, really great pastoral care, I often feel is like the same level of knowledge as a, as a third grade teacher has about their students at the end of the year.
2: <laughs> right
1: uh it is is a weird way to say it and maybe i maybe that's part of um my like weakness in pastoral care is that i feel like i need to have a lot of information in order to know how to respond and that might not be true but yeah Ugh. transitions
0: yeah it's interesting um i'm really excited i mean we we've talked about that in the last episode and And at other times, like I'm, I'm of course really excited for transitions. I I actually love transitions um, Mm -hmm. in general. Like, like I, I do, I, I love kind of new things and new life and which is odd for me because I'm such a curmudgeon and I'm such (laughs) a, I'm, I'm such a Ron swanson kind of a person minus the libertarianism. Right. You know, like, like I, I, I am but but at the same time like I get I get so excited for you know the possibility of like a new job you know not just for me but for like my wife or or like new people for Adria to meet or I get excited for just things like that and and um, and so when it's interesting for me to kind of navigate some of that excitement in the midst of this transition, because very few folks here at my church are excited about this transition at all. Right. Um, You know, and then that's not just a, a reflection on how they care about me, but, but it's, it's a, it's a great mixture of things, you know, because we're now transitioning in the midst of COVID-19 and we're transitioning a new pastor in that they they don't really know and and they're not really going to have a chance to like physically know for right. a while. and and you know it, like all churches, they're afraid of for finances and they're afraid um I mean, the biggest fear that I think every church has in this during this time is is the fear that uh, we will not be in church long enough that they'll realize just how irrelevant church is.
2: Um, Hmm.
0: you know and and i think that for many folks many church folks that that's a fear like perhaps we were only here on momentum and if the momentum gets stopped then maybe we won't be here anymore and i think that for a lot of churches that is true um i don't know if that's necessarily the case to the one i serve but but uh, i do think that's that's an interesting fear um and so that's kind of the other thing that I'm doing a lot during this transition is to keep trying to trying to keep people's spirits up, you know, which I do a lot in, in worship and a lot in, in my uh, check-in times on Facebook Live. Like, remember, guys, everything's okay. Like, we're still here. We're still doing stuff. God is still God. The Spirit is still moving. Like, the church has not failed. I mean, not for this. The church has failed for other reasons, but not for this. <laughs> right. You know. And yeah. so and so I think that's interesting. I, I, I don't know. I I think a lot about that. It it's it's um we're having an ad council meeting today, this evening on Zoom. And we're gonna be talking, I'm sure, about the new pastor and this idea that we're moving into the yellow zone, and, and I know we're talking about finances and and it'll be interesting to kind of navigate that as one who is transitioning out
1: yeah you know yeah it's hard to um to emotionally divest yourself like i think that you can do a whole lot of this stuff that um handles the practical matters and prepares the next person but that um I find that it's, it's a little bit of a long goodbye when, when it comes to emotionally moving on to a new place. Um, so, so, and then if you like, if you're a person like me where those administrative things are actually like deeply tied to emotions for me and I find that I'm doing a lot of emotional labor around the budget, <laughs> then uh, mm. then it's, it's hard to transition by Yeah. I I mean, I think that all the best you can do is advise people because like the decisions are really no longer, I mean, you, you have an influence, but we are, we're into May. Like you have two months, so you're not going to be making any big plans. You're really just kind of maintaining.
0: Sure. You're right.
1: Which is not a bad place to be. Like maintaining when, when maintenance is what's needed. It's not bad.
0: No, I agree. I agree with you. But, uh. But yeah, it's life right now. it's it's interesting. it's strange. Um, I like I, I, I spent a lot of time uh, these past couple of days when I wasn't doing some of this transition church stuff uh, transitioning myself in in other physical ways, you know like I, I did uh, my my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law are here for the week. Um, they're bro- broke, quarantine to be with us, which I appreciate. And uh, because of their help, we've just been packing like crazy,
2: mm.
0: you know. And and um, and so it's been really strange watching the house kind of shrink. <laughs> yeah. And and watch as as pictures go off the wall, and and uh, you know, Andreas' toys get packed up, and the basement gets packed up, and my office gets packed up, and. Um, and and so there's some you know there's physical and emotional labor in that for me too. Like, but it's interesting. It, it, it's kind of a weird place to be in, but I'm I'm really excited.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: I really am. So yeah, but we're still seeing. We're still able to to see people. We have uh some some quarantine friends that we have still that who we know that they're quarantined and they know we're quarantined and so we're like well we can we can do this and so we're still able to to have that which we're grateful for good yeah yeah
1: i like i like transitions as well i find a lot of satisfaction in closing out something well and getting to start something new and discover things. I think that's a, I think it's, um, if it happens too much too often, then it's, it's too much. But when it can happen in a good season, transitions can be good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to sign us off? Yes, I will. Hey friends, this, thanks for listening. This has been another episode of what the hell is a pastor. We are Ethan and Joe we will see you next time. Hang on, I'm going <laughs>